Hi, I'm Paul Ford. And I'm Rich Ziotti. This is Track Changes, the official podcast for Postlight, a digital product studio in New York City. Uh, Rich, it's just you and me today, no guests. That's okay. Just talking, two guys chilling. It's okay. You know, guests will return. To be honest, we have no idea what's happening today. Uh, we recorded this a week ago. And but, I'm yeah. assuming the number one thing people want to listen to is us talking about technology today, November 8th. Absolutely. I've got a call to make it even better. Well, what do you want to talk about? You well, want to talk about American democracy and the future of the republic? Mm, uh, pass. We did that. Pass on that yeah. one. Um, you know, I, I want to talk about this piece that Andrew Sullivan wrote. Oh, Andrew Sullivan wrote a piece. Let's talk... <laughs> He used to write a lot of he pieces. Used to write a lot of pieces. I've met him once. He's a nice guy. Is he? Yeah. I mean, he is He is a media force of nature. He is. I used to have stronger opinions about people when I was younger, but now I'm just like, wow, that guy just keeps it going. Good for him. Yeah. Well, he didn't. For like, He stopped keeping it going. I think uh, he used to have the Daily Dish, which was yeah. very, very popular, and it would slam you. I, I used to use a feed reader, like yeah. Google Reader or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good. I'm going to subscribe to the Daily Dish. And then two days went by, and there were 341 unread posts. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? And I just would read the last five. But I mean, this, that's all I could get through. This person was the epitome of blogging, was a very successful magazine. Is there an, he, well, it's worth pointing out, he didn't really write a lot. He would always grab a two paragraph. It was a publication. He would grab a paragraph or two paragraphs. It was like it was like a link blog. Yeah, where he would maybe give a thought or two. He had lots of people writing with him. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was all over the map, but it was good. It was almost like curated stuff. Yeah, that would come in at a like the pipe was. Is there a name for this where you when you blog thirty times a day? What's that called? You're a blog. You're a pioneer. Yeah, it's blogger. called a gravy pipe. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It's something with aggregation. I don't know. Okay. You know, it's blogging. Nobody wants to talk about blogging. Well, it wasn't even blogging. It felt it felt like the ticker at the bottom of CNN. It was just constant. Just I like I, I felt like I was failing on it all the time. You know, it was time. It was really frustrating. You know, and it was so time I just, for that. Retirees actually, they're just all over. That yeah, stuff. like I have a, my my. We're what? putting this in a negative light, which isn't necessary. But but keep going. No, my uh, my wife's stepdad is a day trader okay kind of as a hobby but i mean he's successful at it but so he's staring at that stuff all... just, you watch the bloomberg go to go across the bottom left of the screen he's got like bloomberg tv up he's got some charts and i mean it's his brain's on fire yeah yeah, it's like Bloomberg TV. Like Bloomberg TV, there, there's not a lot of room left hey, for the this, humans. It's like a li- it's like toolbars in Microsoft Word. There's like a little pair of eyes peering out from all the charts. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's stuff on the right and there's stuff on the bottom. Yeah, it's just like a, a lot. line left, a line right, and then they're just like that little face of like a, some attractive anchor saying, "Well, let's talk to Jim in San Francisco." And meanwhile, there are seven charts at slamming once. at you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I couldn't tell you one chart that I've ever seen on TV that I remember. Oh, they're it's just a doing blur. it to you. Yeah. It's just a blur, right? So he does this, and it's a gravy pipe. I'll, we'll follow your term. Great. Uh, I'm and worried then, now that's something sexual and terrible. <laughs> it stopped. Okay. The he gravy just pipe said, stopped. I'm done. Uh, he, he was successful, by the way. Yeah. I think he, yeah, had, he like, had a subscription model that actually worked. He had very loyal readers. And then he just stopped. And this is like, I don't know, three years ago? Okay. Five years okay. ago? Okay. So the dish- Rich, what are you talking about with all this Anderson? Right, so he dis- he sort of disappeared. Okay. Uh, and 
you'd see him on like talk shows every so often. I think he'd been on Bill Maher and oh yeah, and, he is he, a very he's, like he's a, a TV. He's a real cultural practitioner, like complicated yeah. politics, fast on his feet. Correct. And then he wrote a feature piece. I think it was a month or two ago about distraction. Who published it? Was it the Atlantic? It was, was the, it? it was New York Magazine. Oh. Which I didn't even know they did stuff like that. I thought New York Magazine was just going to tell me where to eat tapas. So you've missed the four or five articles I've written for them over the last couple of years? <laughs> you've written for them? I'm sorry, yeah. Paul. Okay. I will look That's them great. up. No, yeah, you better. Um, by the way, I recently read, very late to the game, on your piece about politeness. And it's a really, really... just. Type in Paul Ford Polite. Go into incognito before you do that. Type in Paul Ford Polite, and it's a beautiful piece on, I think it's on Medium. I really enjoyed it. Fell a little short for me because I know you, which I thought was unfair to me. But other than that, I thought it was really, really great. So everyone should go read that piece. I think that was the equivalent of a Squarespace ad for this podcast. <laughs> um, Squarespace. It's, it's really great. Uh, I wish so, we had those ads because I would just do that for like 20 minutes. I just, you know, Rich, sometimes I just need to update a web page. It's, it's sort of bummed that we don't have sponsors. I want to sell my wife's jewelry. Oh, you know, binary <laughs> options trading is one of the most exciting things you can do alone in your house. Are we still recording? I oh, can't yeah, tell. we're recording. Okay. We're recording. This is great stuff. All right. So he wrote a very long piece. Which I couldn't get through because I have a distraction problem. So there's a a horrible irony here. Uh, He wrote a really long piece. Essentially talking about his addiction to his phone or just to tech in general as a full-blown disease. And not just for himself, but as a disease writ large for all of us. Okay. I'm going to read you the last few sentences of the article that sort of, he sort of, steps back for a second and sort of reflects. He goes, I haven't given up even as each day at various moments I find myself giving in. There are books to be read, landscapes to be walked, friends to be with, life to be fully lived. And I realize that this is in some ways just another tale in the vast book of human frailty. Now... Okay, so that's (laughs) Andrew Sullivan in New York Magazine writing about his struggle with his phone. Correct. Android or iOS? It's it's, <laughs> so it's a fair question, right? Let's assume iOS. That's, I'm going to assume iOS. Just that the the quality of the, of the writing, I'm going to assume yeah. iOS. Yeah, like there's some some little giveaways. <laughs> yeah, um, and look, you know, this is I feel like this is vis- revisited and revisited. What every? Well, this is a three continue- months. I I have a little term that I use for these pieces, which I call them the bark of the fox pieces. Because there's often like a paragraph where they'll be like, you know, people who use the phone aren't really having the experience of life listening to the bark of the fox out of Bay Window in their country home. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that there's a kind of a subtext there. Like, you know, oh, so I've read about four or 5,000 Bark of the Fox pieces in my life, and I've, I've worked at many of the number one Bark of the Fox purveyors. Uh-huh. And so this is just a Bark of the Fox to me. This is just Where, a... So, 
That's yeah. the sound. You know, you just you're you're looking out your bay window. You're drinking a cup it's, of tea. It's fall. Yeah, I'm assuming that, it's autumn. You get that Earl Grey. It's in like a <laughs> unusual textile bag. It's not just paper. And you drop it in there and you look out that bay window. Right. And because uh, you gotta have a bay window and a big sofa. Oh, I know you, in which Earl, oh, Earl Grey you're talking. Oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like, it's like in lingerie. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's really little weird. Pants. Yeah, you take the pants off. If you're real serious, <laughs> you get that like metal colander ball that's like a weird spoon that's got holes in it, and you put that in there and you think to yourself, man, I am doing so much better than those. Jackass is checking their phone right now. Look at the mist what are you coming reading, over though? the What evidence. are you reading? You're reading something on paper. Oh, you're reading like the essays of Montaigne. You know, you're just like <laughs> you're all the way back. You're all the way. You're at the you're at the crux of humanity, right. and you write a like a a, yeah. a lengthy letter to the paper about why it's important to continue to fund liberal arts education. Right, right. And Where you, are you geographically? Oh, oh, you're a little bit north of the city. Could be any city, right? And you just you have a good view, right? Cape Cod is good too. Like you know, like you're looking at the ocean, yeah. And you're just letting the the beautiful manifestations of of literary reality soak through your body. Yeah, you're they're penetrating. You know the brilliant words of Montaigne. So, but here's the truth: you treated your kids like shit for 15 years. Yeah, you were overbearing. They could never satisfy you. Well, first of all, you, that's the irony. You you took a job at William and Mary, and then that didn't work out. And then you like went to this other school, and you kind of moved everybody around. And you know, and, like there's a lot of like chips on my shoulder about that particular culture because I've been the guy going, "Hey, there's something coming," and everyone's like, "Well, that's the worst thing ever." And I'm like, "Yeah, I love literature. I love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. I love it." Well, you're an it. interesting spot, right? Because you kind of straddle it a little bit. Right? I, well, mean, you, you, what I did when I started Postlight with you was just like say, "I'm done. I need to go create a space that's my own because I can't deal with the luddite nonsense out of the publishing and the media industry." Just is like, "Please put it back in the box." Yeah, but they're just begging. And meanwhile, the tech industry is just philistine savages who are like, "Hey, you know, it's cool when people say words." Yeah, and you just got these two worlds, and they're all basically trying to have sex so they can all have money. Right. And you're just, it's just the right. worst, most and nobody trusts anyone. It's a 20 year orgy with the nastiest stuff. You just can't even watch it anymore. Right. I just want to be out, except that that's, those are all our clients. Well, that's the thing. I, I you know, I, we, we debated whether to cover this topic <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast. And I'm thinking to myself, well, this isn't good for business, I don't think. Here's the thing I love By my- the way, Postlight builds mobile apps. <laughs> We do a great job. We have wonderful <laughs> mobile app developers, many of whom are like the most literary and focused like reader writer people that we have in the in the company. Like, I mean, it's yeah. also worth noting we are building and we can't reveal it just yet. A really cool new meditation app, which yeah. is sort of kind Listen. of fixes this. If you think about it, it's not the phone, right? What is what is the actual addiction? It's not to the object. Uh, I you know I, it's my... to the compulsive affirmation. Like it's the compulsive need for affirmation from the community that is on your phone. Well, there's there are psychologists who have a theory about this. There are like evolutionary psychologists who say, look, we are always seeking out what we don't know because yeah. it, it's the tiger in the bushes, right? That that bit of information is necessary for us to survive. Right. And we just don't know what's coming down the pike. And so so we need the next thing badly. Like we always we have an innate addiction. Yeah to the next thing. And and what we found is if you check in on information on a 12-hour period, really very little interesting stuff 
is going to happen, but the pipe is well, the we pipe. Well, we've and created we systems it, right? for manufacturing that, right? We manufacture drama. We manufacture anger. We manufacture <sighs> Dude, news. two days ago, I found a video on Facebook of this monkey getting his hair brushed, and every time the brush hit his hair, he'd close his eyes in ecstasy. Yeah. And I watched it like four times. Oh, so good, right? Here's the thing. So I would actually... That's wrote, what it's come down to, I, I guess. I wrote a piece for the New Republic last year, and I described myself as an ephemeralist, someone who cares about all the noise and detritus that shows up online. I celebrate it. I love the old advertisements. I love the weird, random, serendipitous moments. I love literature. I love the canon of literature. I love the multicultural canon of literature. I got an English degree in the 90s, so I was in the middle of all that stuff, like learning about how there was a giant world of people who were publishing all sorts of things, and it all needed to kind of get into a pot and stew. I love it. But when it comes down to it, if you if you give me uh, the contents of a great bookstore or Internet Archive, I'm going to choose Internet Archive for a couple hours because mm. I'll find things that I could never ever have imagined there sure. versus things that are usually already culturally pre-approved. Right. I found once on Internet Archive, the Chinese government used to broadcast propaganda in English. And I found this piece of audio from the 60s or early 70s about how they'd created a computer that could prove Maoism as a superior form of... <laughs> uh, I mean, and it's just this like nice sort right. of plummy American voice, just sort of like, you know, uh, the, the computer is, is demonstrating the truth of the teachings of Chairman Mao. Right. Then you got to go unpack right. that. Process complete. Yeah, and like my... my <laughs> The thing that happens in your brain when you find that is you're like, I, I got to go understand what the hell happened. Yeah. Right. And you're then on like, like a little expedition at that point. And Wikipedia doesn't have it. But, you know, look, I'm going to pause this for a second. You're a bright guy. Thanks. You're brighter than most people walking down the street. All right. Let's just lay that out there. Let's, I, Bullet one. Okay, fine. Bullet one. Let's Bullet take... two, you're a curious person. And you seek out these weird corners. Most people do not. Most people, there's like a little bit of sort of dried drool on the corner of their mouths as their that, thumb jogs up the screen. Listen. And there's just all this nonsense coming most at them. Most people, most people you are have in to a admit. position. Wait, wait, it's not just that they're sitting there drooling. It's not the main focus of their life. And so they are in a position where they're more passive about the things they consume. Mm-hmm. I'm very active about what I experience. Question. You're at dinner. Been totally cool. Obviously, you're talking to the person across from you at dinner. Yeah, the answer is mashed potatoes. <laughs> no phones, obviously. Okay. Totally civil. Person says, I'm going to go to the restroom. They get up and go. What do you do? I check my phone. Within two uh, you seconds. Know, it depends, right? actually. Sometimes I don't now. Sometimes I'm like, eh, don't check your phone. Go look around. Who are you talking to? <laughs> I mean, I just. When you say that. You're just saying that to yourself, to like, give yourself a... There's got to be something else going on in the room. I often... I'm talking out loud, actually, when I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, don't check your phone. No, I mean, there is something else going out around the room. I don't know about you, but I actually find, like, material processes really interesting. So I'm like, how did they build that? What's that? What kind of plaster is that? Where's well, that you try, I mean, let's face it, 98% of the time, you pick up the phone. A little less, but sure. If you're online sure, waiting l- for something... Look, I'm not going to argue, yeah. Very often Bad or good? Well, what the hell is bad or good in this? What what epistemological shenanigans are you up to here? Like, I mean, who cares? I don't know. I mean, I, th- what's there's... good? Like, bad is because I checked my phone and I didn't have a like beautiful experience looking at the silverware. What was it? What did I miss? 
Okay. Bad because I should have been thinking about the person going. Shouldn't you like, be reflecting on the person who went to the bathroom and is no, now just, like just, passing urine for ref- their body? Ref- reflect for a second. What's there to reflect on? I need my phone to tell me. No, I mean you could. All right. When's the last time you reflected? Um, I reflect all the goddamn time, man. I'm like yeah. on the bus looking out the I, window. Honestly, can I? You know, I have two little kids. Yeah. And usually, if I'm playing with them, there's just all that open time. That's beautiful. And and you know you just sort of this you're in this place where it almost that there it feels really. I'll tell you where I feel off. guilty is like my kids are now five and so I go to the park and they're kind of on their own like they want to do loops on their scooters. Are you on the phone? Yeah, and I sit there and the other dads are there's like play baseball dads and there's phone dads. I'm a phone dad. Yeah. No. And I'm like, what did gotta... you say? Play baseball dads, meaning yeah. you're playing with the kid. They're dads who are like, let's play some baseball. Yeah, and they run around yeah. with them. And so I, what I need to do is get my fat ass a, a soccer ball. Okay. And like keep the okay. phone in my pocket. Yeah, and and yeah, I got to tell but you. But then there are other scooters. I'm like, come on, guys, let's play soccer. And they're like, I don't want to scoot. I don't want right. to scoot. So I'm sitting there kids. like a jackass holding a soccer ball looking at my phone. Yeah. Um, do you worry about. Yes. Well, you're a worrier. Yeah. I get that part. <laughs> kids. What's your what's the screen time for your kids? Incredibly low. How like is there iPad screen time? No. None. None. And your children are 5. They're 5. Uh there is usually on the weekends there's Not even like, educational stuff or anything. Zero. Yeah, read a book. See, we are. You are and I am actually because they barely use the iPad an exception. I let we I let them pick the music on the iPad. That's about it. Yeah, no, that's we do. Now what? Very happened, unusual. The school just gave us a book reading app that's got like a hundred Scholastic books in it. Mm-hmm. They're really into that. Interesting. So they get to use the phone for that. They get to use the phone to play games. Like How it, much TV? Very little, but you know it adds up over time. But like on the weekdays, basically none. Yeah. On the weekends, sometimes a movie night. Sometimes okay. uh, they very get to watch a also little cat in a hat, you know. Yeah, also But like a long. couple hours here and there. So you're not of the view... Really like 40 minutes at a time, too. Like if they get 40 minutes at a day, that's kind of it for the day on the weekends. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're pretty strict about this because parents... Uh, you know, well, that so TV is a babysitter, right? We're lucky because we have twins, though. They occupy each other. They mm. fight. They wrestle. They play. They talk. They draw. Got it. They're up to stuff. And Abe is... They have different personalities, which actually really moves things. And what Like Abe's like, let's go to the park. Ivy might be like, let's hang out. But like, we're going to the park. Right. So there, it gets us out of the house in different ways. You know, as I was reading his article, I, I just feel like there is an article about the telephone and how it's going to ruin humanity. Look, it is right? addictive, right? It's, it's absolutely... No, no, no. My point is like in 19-whatever-30... Oh, there's always something. Somebody wrote an article about the telephone. People who can't ruin step us. away from the telephone. Right. Teen girls won't stop talking. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So you have to wonder if this is just how we react to anything. But, well, no, look. The actual compulsive behavior is a genuine compulsive behavior. It's bad. Yeah. It's it's damaging to this person's life. Andrew Sullivan is saying, I, I lost control over my relationship. Now, the relationship, the phone enables the compulsion. The phone is not the source of the compulsion. It, okay. is, a, it is a vehicle that allowed him to go out and get affirmation and signal in such a way that it was very stimulating. You know what happens to me? If I have like a hot day on Twitter and people are yelling at me and I'm yelling back, you know what I do? I erase it for a couple of days. I just take it off my phone. Really? Yeah, and it's a huge sense of relief. And then, then there's like, I, I call it coming crawling back. But the reality is, then I think it's something funny, and I'm like, oh, I got thirty six thousand followers. Let's like let them 
Let's, that's the trigger to get back on. See, you engage. Most don't engage. I think it's. I just like that fun. Twitter's fun. Like it's a good place to make really dumb jokes. Right. And it's also a place where I listen to people who don't look like I do or ha- don't have my job. Like I right. go there and I listen to people who are pissed off about stuff or have. You know, some I follow a bunch of sociologists. Like, I love it for that. They're yep. in the middle of their own world, man. Yep. It is like they're up to stuff. I'm going to confess something. I have trouble getting through long articles. Yeah, I, I I lose patience. I've gotten too used to smaller units of information. That could really happen. That's and that's very... happened to me. And a book is a challenge. Yeah, I'll admit that. Um, unless it's a topic that is just. I'm just in love with that. I'm just so committed to. Yeah, I also every bit of from it. childhood. If I'm bored by a book, I just throw it away. I don't care. Okay. So okay. like, I've never had any obliga- sense of obligation towards long stuff. Yeah. Most long stuff is boring as crap. Yeah. Like, just forget it. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. There are occasionally amazing things that are longer. I mean, I I published a very long magazine article a year ago called "What Is Code." Right. I found Which, it very engaging. Okay. But like I heard so much from people. I got hundreds and hundreds of emails and a lot of them were like, Wow, that was really long. I couldn't quite finish it. You really? Know? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care of the writer. Who cares? Right. Well, a lot of writers care. Yeah, writers care about too but much. But do you feel like you've been conditioned to only deal with smaller bits of information? And is that bad? I consume information constantly at all times. Probably that's my compulsion. Okay. I do get I get insanely bored when I am away from a source of stimulus. Okay. I'm disappointed in my attention span. Around well, are you really? Do you want to change it? I do. Oh, well, how Actually, would you change it? I don't know. I, I, I think, think maybe like... You just read longer things and then you, you probably do put your phone in your pocket and read a book on paper. Paper. Interesting. Well, because, you know, when your phone literally will send you 25 notifications while you read three pages... That is not helpful. That's another thing, man. It's like I'm reading the thing, and the yeah. phone is like knocking on the door every yeah. two minutes. Same with I, the, dude, honestly, the, I can't watch the meditation it. app. Is like time for your thing. Yeah, time for your session. Let me tell you something. I can't watch a movie on my phone. Like I have, I come in on the bus. I have time to watch TV or whatever. I can't watch a movie because I'll get 35 notifications during the course of the film. Notifications are terrible. It's a disaster, and they're Notific- hard to turn off because that is actually where the compulsion is enabled by the crappy software. Because it's deep in there. you should be able to say, hey, you know what? I need to chill the hell out. Yeah. The phone should have a big freaking red button where you're like, hey, just live in my life. It's the live in my life button. And you hit that Go thing. Go quiet. And there then is, you just hang out. There is a privacy thing in iOS. There's, like, there's the... The phone is a bad friend. What is like, the moon? The, you know the moon the when do you not slide disturb. it up? What does that mean? Don't disturb. No more notifications. It'll turn off. Yeah. But is that what that is, It though? also won't ring the phone. It does other stuff, too. Oh. Okay. Look at how little we know about this. Yeah, it's bad. It's right. bad. I don't know what I can gain control of. The phone of here. is a garbage friend at a party who continually interrupts everybody. And he doesn't shut up. No. And it, yeah. And it's sort of because we're all, we're basically all now like sitting around the table, kind of bracing ourselves for the friend to say something. We really are. So instead of interacting with each other, it's yeah. not that we're staring at our phones, we're kind of just waiting for the phone to ruin the night. Like, it's go- like the friend who shows up and you're like, God, please don't, please just don't. Keep, keep him away from the wine. Keep Last question. Do you go places? Do you say, I'm going to go I'm gonna go pick up some produce? No phone. I do. You know what it feels like is that scene in Star Wars where they're like, Luke, you turned off your Nava computer? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, don't worry. He's like, I guy got the force with him. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. Holy do crap. Do you really do it? I've done it. Really? Yeah. Not often. Hard with kids. Okay. 
Also, because my wife is going to ask me to get to the store. The store's not going to have it. I'm going to need a folder. Yeah, I'm going to be like, okay, you know, it's I couldn't get you. Right. The, well, it's a tool, right? There's yeah, that part of it. I couldn't get you the orange and yellow yeah. can with the hearts of palms, yeah. but there's a red can. She's right. like, no, not that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to I want to close this by saying, look, you know, Andrew Sullivan, you know, he's got some nerve. Yeah. Uh, he used to write to me 26 times a day. Now he writes you a really long article. He wrote a long article. Well, he left for a while. He probably wrote this article right after he left and said, you know what? I got to wait a little bit <laughs> yeah. before I put this out. Otherwise, I'm going to look like a hypocrite. Look, do you want to focus more? Because, I mean, that'd be good for our company. I do want to focus more. All right. I do. We need, I mean, first thing we got to do is stop having so many damn meetings. How many meetings we have? We have a tool that's similar to Slack called FlowDoc yeah. that we use. Yeah, it tells me I have sixty-five things I haven't. I need to catch up on. I'm behind on every like. Well, they, people make fun of me. They call this forensic management, diving like, into yeah, places yeah. and learning more. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know. I feel like this was an, this was a sort of a, a self exploration to some extent. There's no answer. There's no answer. But if you're looking for answers, do you know who you should call, Paul? Postlight. Postlight. A digital product studio in New York City. You can get in touch with us at contact at postlight.com. Yep. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And if you have a moment, rate this podcast. I'm Paul Ford. Rich Ziotti. And if you want to visit us on the web, postlight.com. And if you want to read more, trackchanges.postlight.com. Have a great week. Bye. <laughs>